welcome to the Actually Autistic Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Onstad. Today I'm going to talk about the intense world theory. Intense world theory is a hypothetical model of autism that posits that autistic traits are the result of heightened sensory sensitivity and that different autistics have different sensitivities. There is some controversy about it because the researchers suggest that autistic infants would do better with less sensory input. But meanwhile, all studies show that all infants do better with sensory input and that withholding it is damaging. Instead of withholding sensory input, I'd like to suggest that having quiet, pleasant spaces with natural light and a mellow, responsive emotional vibe is good for all infants and humans in general, even plants like it. This is why aesthetics matter and why autistic spaces are so unique and personal. Intense world theory states that we are strongly affected by our immediate environment. Light is brighter, colors have a powerful effect on our mood, sounds are louder and more distinct. Other people's emotions sometimes seem to crowd out our own. A song on the radio can so overwhelm us with memories and feelings that we can't hear the person speaking directly in front of us. And so, we find ways to deal. We seek quiet spaces with quiet creatures, or we find ways to fill our ears with music or birdsong or stories, or we shut it all out and turn inward. If we can't do any of those things, then we often crumble under the sensory assault. Most accommodations requested by autistics are environmental and sensory, but they are also just good design. As someone who used to design houses for a living, I can tell you that wealthy people always get these accommodations built in as features in the spaces they inhabit. Fresh air, comfortable acoustics, natural light, easily navigated floor surfaces, easy to clean kitchens and bathrooms, None of that is unreasonable or even particularly expensive, but we have been brainwashed to believe that aesthetics are a luxury. If you design all spaces to be comfortable for autistics, then everybody wins. Now, you know, obviously this is not to say that my comfortable autistic space is going to look exactly the same as somebody else's comfortable autistic space. People have their own styles, and it's really important to let them express that and to have that, to figure out what kind of light works best for them, what kind of colors and textures that they wanted to be surrounded by. But if you start with the basics of, like I said, fresh air, comfortable acoustics, natural light, easily navigated floor services, easy to clean, kitchens and bathrooms, then an autistic person or any person can build on that and make the space their own. Now, office spaces are a whole other issue. And, you know, I'm old enough to remember that even as just a a clerk, as a bookkeeper, if I got an office space, it often had a door. Now, that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. I I guess modern corporate culture is that, like, people don't even have work cubicles anymore. They just have spaces at tables, and even those tables aren't necessarily theirs from one day to the next. Like, 
you're just supposed to take all your stuff and set up at whatever place is available. And that just sounds like an absolute nightmare. Like that just sounds terrible. So once again, I applaud the work from home movement and I really support anybody who allows people to work from home. And I very much support anyone seeking those accommodations from their employer. Totally reasonable. They're paying you to do the work. They shouldn't care where you are sitting in order to do it or what you're wearing or how close you are to the window. <sighs> or even how many times you get up to go pee or make a cup of tea. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, getting a little ranty there. <sighs> so here are your comforting words of the day. You deserve a pleasant, comfortable space. And you, and only you, can know when the sensory input has gotten too high. Now, as I've mentioned before, you know, I, I'm over 60. I don't, you know, feel the need to go to parties right now at this time in my life. But I did all that in my 20s and 30s and the, even into my 40s. I, I would go to parties would get inexplicably overwhelmed, even if I was having a good time, like at a, a theme park or something, and I've been planning to be there, I want to be there, I'm there with a group of friends, and yet at some point, I start to feel like, oh, I would just love to sit by myself in a room for a few minutes. And I'm so grateful now to know why I felt that way. And I just want to encourage you to build that into your schedule. Don't push yourself to the limit and then end up crying in the bathroom. Just think about it and think, okay, I'm going out on this huge social event and I know myself and I can guess after about an hour and a half that I'm going to need a little downtime. Whenever that, that time is, whether it's a half an hour, two hours, whatever it is, build it into the schedule. Find a way to say, okay, I'm going to need to do a little self-regulation in here at this point, and I'm going to need a little time to just sit somewhere quiet. Figure it out. You deserve it. And you'll have more fun. The people you're with will have more fun. And if they don't understand, if they're not willing to let you have that time, then, then just take the damn time or don't hang out with those people. All right? I hope that's comforting. <laughs> oh, just be yourself. It's okay. It's okay. Be yourself. Give yourself that time to deal with the intensity of the world. You know, th there's perks to it, right? We get to enjoy these things on a really deep, intense level. And sometimes I feel that holistics are just sort of skimming the surface of an experience. 
and we're really immersed in it. And if they were experiencing it as strongly as we were, huh, the world would be a lot easier place to move around in, I'll tell you that. All right. Now, here's your joke of the day. To be clear, I do not write these. I stole them fair and square from anonymous lists on the internet. What did one plate say to the other plate? Dinner is on me. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with me on this mini episode of the Actually Autistic Podcast. If you are interested in hearing more of my content and like Shakespeare, then you are in luck. I have two podcasts, one called There Will Be Body, and there is a full audio production of A Midsummer Night's Dream in the There Will Be Body uh, podcast. And I'm very proud of it. I produced it and directed it with actors from all over the world. It was a lot of fun. And I have another one called The Twelfth Night Podcast by Rose City Shakespeare that has a Twelfth Night audio production that I'm also very proud of. I also wrote a book called A Midsummer Night's Dream Illustrated Handbook and Encyclopedia, and I'm on a role-playing game podcast called Shattered Worlds RPG. I'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for being actually autistic.